Gonna be alright on a long, long road. Where we'll end up, I can't say I don't know. The light will shine bright and we'll know which way to go. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Monday morning at the Linden Lounge. Obviously, it's not Monday morning. It's, uh, honestly, I don't even know what day it is. Um, but we've been struggling. I know this much. It is day 49 of my uh, COVID experience. Day 49 that I have been um, locked and loaded in this house and have lost everything. So, had good days, have bad days. Um, obviously, I can't even see my hairstylist. I'm like resorting to sun in, try to keep myself blonde. And uh, it's that kind of day. So I was thinking this week, um, it was a bad week. I couldn't move. I couldn't function. Uh, I feel like a failure, to be honest, because I can't do what I was born to do and what I love doing. So uh, what's the best thing to do? Well, let's do a podcast. Let's go live. Thank you, Jeff Dethridge, for that. And let's read a book. So I run a servant leadership academy in the state of Missouri called Missouri Rila Academy. Uh, we are training up high school students to be our future community servant leaders, lifetime of servant leaders. Um, our Ryla Academy, uh, co-directed by uh, Ms. Valerie Anderson, has taken off to the point where people all over the world want to see this. Um, they want our curriculum. They want to know what we're doing, um, how we're doing it. Bob Huffman in Tennessee is a brother of ours who's helping make this happen. So on the last night of... Ryla, we have a huge party. We dance hard. Uh, Brent Martin, Gordon Stubblefield, shout out. And then we finish with a bedtime story. And I want to read a bedtime story for my podcast today. It's one of my favorite stories ever, ever written. It's a children's story and it's really, really short, everybody. So don't worry. We'll be out of here in 10 minutes, okay? But I think it applies to what everybody's going through in their own different journey. Um, Because it's a story about community. It's a story about loneliness, and uh, I'm going to add my own editorial comments in this. So let's go ahead and start. The book is called Somebody Loves You, Mr. Hatch. The story is by Eileen Spinelli, pictures by Paul Yalowitz. Copyright 1991, so don't trip out, Gen Z kids. It's a little dated. Here we go. Mr. Hatch was tall and thin and did not smile. Every morning at 6.30 a.m. sharp, he would leave his brick house and walk eight blocks to the shoelace factory where he worked. At lunchtime, he would sit alone in a corner, eat his cheese and mustard sandwich, and drink a cup of coffee. Sometimes he brought a prune for dessert. Kind of tells you, kind of a loser... Mr. Hatches already. Uh, I have a few Mr. Hatches in my life, to be honest. All right. After work, he would make two stops at the newsstand to get the paper, which we all know what the news does to us right now. My wife finally had me, um, forced me to stop recording all of the news because I was freaking out and having bad dreams. So. so he would go to the newsstand to get the paper, and Mr. Hatch would go to the grocery store to buy a fresh turkey wing for his supper. After supper, he read the paper, took a shower, and went to bed early. He keeps to himself. That is what everyone said about Mr. Hatch. Lonely loser. 
One Saturday when Mr. Hatch stepped onto the porch with his dustpan and broom, he got a surprise. A package wrapped in brown paper. He had never spoken to the postman before. Thank you, Mr. Goober, he said. Yes, his postman's name is Mr. Goober. Mr. Goober smiled. You're welcome. I always enjoy delivering packages. How many people here have gotten a package or a Christmas card in the past couple weeks and you're like, this is the greatest thing ever? I know I have. All right. Mr. Hatch tore the brown paper off. Inside was a white box, which he opened to find another box. This one was heart-shaped, all satiny red with a pink bow on top. It was filled with candy. Something fluttered to the porch floor. It was a little white card. He picked it up. It said, somebody loves you. Only then did he remember that it was Valentine's Day. Mr. Hatch wondered and wondered, now, who would send this to me? I mean, he was all alone. He had no friends. And yet someone, someone had sent him a valentine. Who? Who sent him a valentine? He put the box on the coffee table and tried to do some dusting, but every time he left the room, he had to keep peeking to see if the box was still there. Have you ever done that? It's too good to be true. You can't believe it. He dusted and dusted, and the dust cloth seemed to whisper, somebody loves you. Somebody loves you. At last, he flung the dust cloth away and exclaimed, why? I've got a secret admirer. I thought I had a secret admirer this past week, but it was just a catfisher trying to uh, scam me for money, but that's a different podcast. And then Mr. Hatch did something he had never done before. He laughed. (laughs) He laughed. (laughs) And he danced. And he clapped his hands. And then he took a piece of candy from the box and he ate it. I did. Mr. Hatch changed his shirt and found some old aftershave in the bottom drawer. He splashed it on his face. He picked out a yellow tie with blue polka dots and put it on. And then he went for a walk. Maybe, he thought, maybe I will meet the person who sent me the candy. Of course, no one had ever seen Mr. Hatch wearing a tie or smelling of aftershave or even smiling. So he got a lot of attention. Mrs. Weed tripped over her dog. Yes, the old lady with the dog's name is Mrs. Weed. Mr. Dunwoody nearly fell off his ladder. And little Tina Finn spilled all the toys out of her wagon. Mr. Hatch waved hello to them all. He did. People are freaking out. On Monday, it was back to work. At lunchtime, Mr. Hatch sat in the middle of the cafeteria. He spoke to everyone and passed out chocolates from his heart box. You see, this man, one simple act changes a person's life. On the way home, as usual, he stopped at the newsstand. Mr. Smith handed him the usual newspaper. Uh, I think I'll have a pack of mints, said Mr. Hatch. Not as usual. Mr. Smith was shocked. Was that you speaking, Mr. Hatch? Indeed, it was, said Mr. Hatch. I said, I would also like a pack of mints, and if you don't mind my saying so, Mr. Smith, you don't look very well today. 
Mr. Smith recovered from his shock to reply, You're right. I don't feel very well. I, I have a cold. Yowza. I was supposed to go to the doctor's this afternoon, but the stand has been so busy, I haven't had the time. Mr. Hatch smiled. Why, I'd be happy to watch the newsstand for you while you go. Mr. Smith could hardly believe his ears. You, you would? Certainly. Just show me what to do. And so Mr. Hatch ran the newsstand for an hour. He wondered if any of the women who stopped to buy a paper or a magazine or a candy bar had sent him the mysterious valentine. It's kind of weird. Knowing Mr. Hatch, I would have thought he would have thought maybe a man sent him a valentine, but I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We're almost done. When Mr. Smith returned, Mr. Hatch made his usual stop at the grocery store. I'm a little tired of turkey wings, he told Mr. Todd. I think I'll have a nice slice of ham. Mr. Todd weighed the meat and wrapped it. You look worried, said Mr. Hatch. I am, said Mr. Todd. My little girl is late. She hasn't come home from school yet, and I I can't leave the store to look for her until my wife arrives. Goodness, why didn't you say so, said Mr. Hatch. I will go look for her. And so he walked to the school, and he found little Melanie Todd by the swings and brought her home. Thank you, thank you, said the grocer. Anytime, said Mr. Hatch. That little girl would have got a whooping in my house, just so you know. Lordy Lou. Okay, Mr. Hatch. After supper, Mr. Hatch did not bother to read the paper. It was too depressing anyway, so he decided to bake brownies instead. It would be nice to have brownies to share the next day with the people at the shoelace factory. As he baked, the warm chocolate smell of brownies floated through the neighborhood. Children gathered round Mr. Hatch's house sniffing the air. You know how they do. Well, I suppose the factory can wait, said Mr. Hatch as he looked out the window. And he brought out two platefuls of brownies. Now, what are brownies without lemonade, he said, and he stirred up a nice cold pitcher. Okay, I don't know about you, but uh, lemonade and brownies, no bueno. But, hey, this is Mr. Hatch, okay? He's got issues. Uh, When the parents came to gather their children, they had some brownies, too. It turned out to be a picnic in Mr. Hatch's backyard. He dusted off an old harmonica and played songs he remembered from his boyhood... Everyone danced, and a party broke out. You guys not understand how badly I want to party with you? I've probably DJed and MC'd probably 90% of my friends on Facebook at one point or another, and I need it desperately. All right. And so the days and weeks went by. When Mr. Hatch wasn't smiling, he was laughing. And when he wasn't laughing, he was helping someone. And when he wasn't helping someone, he was having a party in his yard or on his porch. He seemed to have forgotten about finding the person who sent him the valentine. See where this is going, man? You just forget about that beautiful act of kindness, and you become the act of kindness. Then one afternoon, Mr. Goober, the postman, came to his door. His face was serious. Come in, Mr. Goober, said Mr. Hatch. You look upset. I am upset, he said. I made a mistake some time ago. My, my supervisor is very angry with me. Do you? Do you? 
Yes, Mr. Goober, what is it? Do you recall the package I delivered to you on Valentine's Day, I think it was? Yes, I believe so, replied Mr. Hatch, beginning to feel a little uneasy. You guys thought this was going to be a happy story. This is real life, people. That's why I love this story. I don't suppose you still have it, said Mr. Goober, sadly. As a matter of fact, said Mr. Hatch, I, I still have the box. The candy is gone, though. Why do you ask? The postman took a deep breath. I'm afraid I delivered it the wrong address it was supposed to go to another house Mr. Hatch recalled tearing off the brown paper it had never occurred to him to look at the address he fetched the heart shaped box and the pink bow and gave them to the postman I do hope your supervisor won't be too angry with you now the postman was heading down the sidewalk when Mr. Hatch called from his porch. Mr. Goober, I forgot something. He gave the postman the little white card. Do you guys understand? This is actual real life. This isn't fantasy world. No one cares about Mr. Hatch. <laughs> Suckers. Alone in his living room, Mr. Hatch sighed. Nobody loved me after all. Then he read the paper, took his shower, and went to bed early. The next morning at 6.30 a.m. sharp, Mr. Hatch left his brick house and walked eight blocks to the shoelace factory. At lunchtime, he sat in the corner by himself, ate his cheese and mustard sandwich, and drank a cup of black coffee. who Mr. Hatch is supposed to be. Not a happy party, Mr. Hatch. After work, he stopped at the newsstand for his paper, but he did not speak to Mr. Smith. And when he ordered his turkey wing from Mr. Todd, he did not smile. Nor did he pat little Melanie Todd on the head or bake brownies or have picnics or parties or play his old harmonica anymore. Everyone whispered, what is wrong with Mr. Hatch? Mr. Goober, the postman, told them. Oh, we love Mr. Hatch, insisted Mr. and Mrs. Dunwoody. He gave us flowers for our garden. He helped amend our back fence. Mrs. Weed nodded. I love him, too. He saved his bones for my dog, Ruffy. Ruffy barked. She loved Mr. Hatch, too. Mr. Smith told everyone how Mr. Hatch had watched his newsstand so he could visit the doctor. And Mr. Todd told everyone how Mr. Hatch had found his little girl. All the children in the neighborhood remembered Mr. Hatch's wonderful brownies and lemonade. And most of all, they remembered his laughter. Poor Mr. Hatch, they said. What can we do? Then Mr. Goober announced, I have an idea. I mean, my idea would just leave him alone. Just tell him to maintain six feet of distance and don't talk to me. And get out of the aisle when I'm at the grocery store. But this isn't my story. This isn't my story. On Saturday morning, Mr. Hatch woke to a bright and sunny day. He put on his old overalls and went out to the porch with his dustpan and broom. 
couldn't believe his eyes. All over the porch were red and white hearts and pink bows. There were boxes of candy on the chairs and yellow streamers flowing from the ceiling. And sticking up out of his mailbox was a shining silver harmonica. The front yard was filled with people, happy, smiling people. They were holding up a huge sign with hand-painted letters. It said, Everybody loves Mr. Hatch. Everybody. (sighs) Mr. Hatch dabbed a tear with his handkerchief. I, I do believe, he smiled. Somebody loves me after all. And then he smiled. And then he laughed. And then he hurried down to be with his friends and had a heart attack and died. No, I'm just messing with you. He didn't have a heart attack and died. He went to be with his friends. I just wanted to add that little piece, man. This story, it speaks to my heart. Um, I'm struggling, man. So I love everybody. Please reach out, man. Send me a note. Let me know what's going on and uh, continue to listen to my podcast. And uh, I love you. Catch you all later. And soon enough, I'm going to be partying with you. We're going to dance. We're going to sing. And uh, who knows? I might learn how to play the Until next time, man. Love you. Yeah, we'll be all right. Do, 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 do.